Hello listeners, welcome to 2018. It is a new year for nominees and a new year for the Film Buff Podcast. Thank you to all of you who have supported and listened to the show last year. It was a lot of fun. So in the break that we've had, I've restructured the show in an effort to better effectively provide the perspective that I want to achieve and the overall goal of the podcast, namely to inform and entertain all of you wonderful people with regards to the latest going on in the world of movies, and in particular, the race for the Oscars each year. So with all of that in mind, the show that I'm recording today is what we'll classify as a recap show. I've done these in the past as part of the overall show, but I wanted to single these out and devote more time to them this year. These will happen periodically throughout the year following specific film conventions or festivals such as Sundance, CinemaCon, Cannes, San Diego Comic-Con, Telluride, TIFF, and so on. So with all of that out of the way, let's dive into the madness that was the Golden Globe Awards. Now, as I've stated on this podcast and elsewhere many times, the Golden Globes are, in my opinion, mostly pointless. Sure, they provide an opportunity for stars to be recognized, and who doesn't love to watch their favorite celebrities acting like kind of real people with an award show that doesn't quite have the same elegance and prestige as, say, Cannes or even the Academy Awards. And that's been the case thus far. The last Golden Globes, however, for this last week, this last Sunday, doesn't even feel like it was that long ago, it was something entirely different. In the wake of the recent scandals and the brave men and women who have made their voices heard last year to end the plague of sexual harassment in Hollywood, many stars used this very public opportunity to make their voices even louder. Organizations such as Time's Up were represented in full force with an impactful choice to wear black in solidarity for the movement and the abused men and women the movement stands for. In fact, many of the speeches during the event veered toward a more political angle uh, rather than the fun jokiness the Golden Globes is used to having. It was a very different kind of award show, but a good different. Now, speaking of a very different kind of award show, the winners of last Sunday's celebration also came as a surprise for many. On the television side of things, there's no understating that the big winner was Big Little Lies, which managed to take home awards for Best Miniseries, as well as three of the leads, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, and Laura Dern, respectively. The Handmaid's Tale was also a big winner, taking home the award for Best Series Drama and Best Actress Elizabeth Moss. Other wins went to Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us, 
Aziz Ansari for Master of None, Ewan McGregor for Fargo, and Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which also received the award for Best Series Comedy. But enough of TV. Let's get to the real meat of all this. The films. Going into the Golden Globes, there were many who assumed that the HFPA, or the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, would lean a certain way. And for the most part, we were right. The week leading up to the Golden Globes, many critics and journalists were decidedly unsure of the direction of the awards season. And after the Golden Globes, we're still feeling that. Um, it still continues to mystify and baffle us with no clear frontrunner emerging. My wife and I saw a movie this last week with my mother who related to us about how different and confusing the awards season was and that the movies she had seen thus far she hadn't really enjoyed. And so she too uh, was also feeling the strangeness of this year. However, after the Globes, it, it's safe to say that we have a little bit of an idea as to which films deserve at least a second look and jump up just a little bit higher in our prediction list. So leading off, we have the awards for Best Animated Film, which, to no surprise to anyone, went to Disney Pixar's Coco, which I've had a chance to see, and honestly, I don't see any way that Coco does not win the Oscar as well. In the music categories, the award for Best Original Score went to Alexandra Desplat for his haunting and fantastical score for The Shape of Water, managing to beat out industry favorites including Hans Zimmer for his work on Dunkirk and John Williams for his latest collaboration with Spielberg, The Post. Best Original Song went to songwriting duo Pesek and Paul for their work on The Greatest Showman. This was one of the first surprises of the night, as many, including myself, thought that the song Remember Me from Coco would surely take this honor. But the music from The Greatest Showman is damn good, so I'm not entirely surprised the film is being recognized in that way. Best Screenplay went to Martin McDonough for his unique Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And Best Director was awarded to Guillermo del Toro for his visionary The Shape of Water. This was honestly no surprise. The Golden Globes, as hosted by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, usually tend to favor one of their own, a non-American filmmaker. Especially a genius and master classman like Del Toro, who managed to perfectly capture a romance between an, an oppressed woman and an empathetic creature 
who are both looking for connection. The next award was for the supporting performances, which encompasses all genres. The award for supporting actress went to Alice and Janney for her tough-as-nails biting performance as LaVonna Harding in I, Tonya. Janney managed to edge out um, the favorite Laurie Metcalf of Lady Bird and industry darling Octavia Spencer for her supporting role in The Shape of Water. Best Supporting Actor also featured some stiff competition, but ultimately Sam Rockwell took home the first ever award for his portrayal of a racist policeman in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This was surprising, as up to that point, the Florida Project's Willem Dafoe was the choice to win, as he had won with, I believe, the New York Film Critics, um, and I think LA Film Critics as well. So to see the Florida Project kind of edged out is really interesting as the momentum for that film is somewhat dying and Willem Dafoe is really its strongest player and so to see him lose to Rockwell like this was very surprising of course we have the Screen Actors Guild Awards coming out later and I think that will be the biggest indicator because whoever the Screen Actors Guild Award goes to is usually the best indicator of who will take home the Oscar as well, because the larging the, the largest body of the Academy is made up primarily of actors. So that's where the biggest push comes to. So they've the, the voting bodies are the exact same from the SAG Awards to the Oscars. So typically the winner of the SAG will go on to win the Oscar. Of course, there's been... Different cases where that hasn't panned out. Um, I believe it was Denzel who won last year for Fences. And it went to Casey Affleck at the Oscars instead. So it doesn't always happen like that. But it'll be really interesting to see this battle between Sam Rockwell and Willem Dafoe. Even though there's other great supporting performances as well. Richard Jenkins from The Shape of Water is one of my favorites. So... Now, as we go into the final categories, we have to remember that the Golden Globe separates their films into two categories, drama and comedy or musical. And perhaps for no other reason does the Globes come under fire than the fact that the films usually separated into these two distinctions often make no sense at all. Such recent faux pas include 2015's with Ridley Scott's The Martian uh, being nominated for Best Film, Comedy, or Musical, despite the film being about a man abandoned on Mars, forced to fend for himself, running out of food, using his own excrement as fertilizer, and facing his mortality. You know, the funny stuff. This year, unfortunately, the same thing happened where one of the best films of the year, Get Out, likewise was nominated for comedy or musical. 
a film about a young man who is invited to meet his girlfriend's parents and finds himself facing insurmountable intolerance and racism as he has to fight for his life to survive. Again, a comedy, according to the HFPA. So, while the Globes may be considered a prestigious award show to some, it's instances like this that help to remind us that the Golden Globes are simply a party held by the HFPA, and the film's nomination also serves as an RSVP. So in order to make sure they get the hottest stars in the room at their party, they try to squeeze them into as many categories as they can. And if a film doesn't make the cut, then they just throw it into their grab bag called musical or comedy. I'm not bitter at all. All right, so without further ado, let's dive into that insane category, shall we? For the performances, now it was a bit of a toss-up going into this category despite the list of nominees. There have really been only two performances this year which merited a Best Actress Comedy or Musical Award, and it really came down to Margot Robbie for her complete transformation into Tanya Harding in I, Tanya, and Irish sweetheart Saoirse Ronan for her poignant and honest portrayal of a young woman struggling to find herself in Lady Bird. Ultimately, the winner was Saoirse Ronan, who gave a lovely speech and likewise thanked her nominees. Best Actor in a Comedy went to James Franco, coming as a surprise to no one for his uncanny performance in The Disaster Artist. And finally, we have Best Picture, Musical or Comedy. While facing a strong competition, went to Lady Bird, emerging now as a true bona fide frontrunner for this year's Best Picture race. Performances for Best Actor and Actress Drama, on the other hand, was likewise not too surprising. The frontrunners from the last few months, Gary Oldman and Frances McDormand, won again, and probably will go on winning, even though, in my opinion, Sally Hawkins gave one of the best performances in The Shape of Water, and I would love to see that win. And lastly, Best Picture Drama, while looking like a clear ascension for The Shape of Water in the wake of Guillermo's Best Director win, and the idea that the HFPA just absolutely loves him and loves that film, was given to Martin McDonough's Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is ultimately very surprising. It, I mean, I liked the film quite a bit. I thought the script was excellent, and I thought the performances were outstanding. It had a great ensemble as a whole, and that score is one of the best that I've heard this year. Although, in all fairness, Desplat's score for The Shape of Water was excellent as well. It makes sense, though. Three Billboards is really resonating with people. As we've talked about before, it, it's one of the stronger 
female performances as far as the character herself is the definition of a strong, independent woman. So I'm not surprised that the culture, the critics, and the press are really gravitating toward that. I mean, it won the Audience Award at TIFF, and it's just not stopping, even though people think that it will, and even though it's been criticized and maligned for its portrayal of racism and the idea of a movie about the Deep South told and written by a non-American writer and director. However, people are just overlooking that and giving it all the awards. So it's really surprising to see that three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is one of my favorite titles, by the way, of this year. One, it's a mouthful, sure. It's usually shortened to three billboards, but that's just fun to say. Um, the fact that it's winning so much is nothing short than surprising. So if there's anything that we can take away from the Golden Globes to see how the awards season will pan out, we can see that there might be some crossover. I definitely see Frances McDormand and Saoirse Ronan being nominated with one of them winning. Of course, still crossing my fingers for Sally Hawkins as well. And James Franco and Gary Oldman will likely receive their nominations unless something monumental happens in the weeks leading up to the nominations and subsequent award celebration. What we know is this. When it comes to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, The Shape of Water and Lady Bird, these are all films that definitely deserve recognition and deserve our full attention. Of course, we have the others. We have Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, I, Tonya, Phantom Thread, All the Money in the World, and The Florida Project. But at least now, we have a semblance of what the nominees will somewhat look like. And for all, all intents and purposes, that could very well be the Best Picture nominees. With maybe Get Out squeaking in there, um, or perhaps Darkest Hour. It's getting really, really good reviews, and it got a lot of awards from the BAFTAs this week, so that might come in there. But we have an idea of what our Best Picture nominees will look like, and it's all these movies that we've been talking about. And no one movie is seeming to overtake the other. We could we could say it's three billboards because it won the Audience Award at Toronto and it won the Best Film Drama at the Globes. But we really don't know for sure. So there we have it. I mean, all right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Film Buff Podcast. Stay tuned in the coming week because next week is Sundance. It, it kicks off, I believe, the 18th 
is when it all starts. That's five days away. It's starting all over again. I'll give my rundown of the films and see what possible contenders we could see. This time last year, we were just hearing about Call Me By Your Name, Patty Cakes, The Big Sick, Get Out, Mudbound, and Wind River. So we'll just have to wait and see. This year, we have some great films to look forward to. All right, guys, that'll do it. Thanks. Listen next week.